This is your friendly neighborhood atheist. Tell me that guitar riff doesn't get you pumped every single time. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Ethan, and tonight we have another friendly debate between Lucas and Eric Murphy. So I would like to bring your contestants on. I shouldn't say contestants. I should say debaters. Eric Murphy, what's going on, dude? Hey, brother. How's it going? Good. Yourself? Doing really well, man. I, I'm excited about today. Um, it's been a long time. And I know this is a friendly debate. You know, it's not, you know, taking a lot of the intensity. Uh, we're we're, we're going to do kind of a free form talking to each other after our intros. Mm -hmm. But just getting the chance to have these discussions. I miss it so much. So I'm, I'm glad you asked me on. Lucas, dude, I'm, I'm glad you're here. This is, this is going to be yeah. fun. Of course. Yeah, thanks, Ethan, for having us and Eric for being willing to have the conversation. Agreed. Welcome Thank back, you, by the way, Lucas. And when I saw you two, uh, it, this started in a chat of another video. I believe it was the Kalam argument. Where it I was. Saw go back and forth. And I'm like, I would love to have a conversation between you two. And little did I know, we were able to arrange it. So tonight's topic, is science compatible with Christianity? Uh, Lucas, before we get started, if you could tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Lucas Giolis. I, let's see, by day, I'm a nuclear power plant engineer. By, you know, my after work hours, I have two small children, a four-year-old son and a soon-to-be one-year-old daughter. And then by night, once the kids are in bed, I read philosophy, theology, science, and occasionally get a chance to make some videos. So background beyond that, let's see, undergraduate degrees in physics and astrophysics, and then I have a master's degree in science and religion. So this is my favorite topic to talk about. Well, okay. <laughs> Eric, what about you? Although I'm pretty I, sure everyone's familiar with you, but just in case. Do I'm, I'm Eric Murphy and I'm some dude on the internet. Um, I do not have uh, those degrees. Um, uh, actually outside of, uh, high school, I haven't completed any other degrees. Um, but I've got a lot of experience and I've been around the block for a little while in the atheist community. So I've, I'm, uh, on a show called talk heathen with the atheist community of Austin. I have a personal channel, Eric D Murphy. I started a podcast that didn't need to resurrect and I need to make more videos on my channel. <laughs> um, I've, uh, kind of, I, I actually went full time. Uh, not too long ago. And so I am a full-time atheist content creator, YouTuber, debater, public speaker, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm about to, I'm about to have a discussion with somebody who's got degrees in the exact thing that we're about to debate. Nice. Well, real quick. Uh, so I thought it was just me, but your uh, mic is, as B puts it, blown out a little bit. Are you able to lower it? Yeah, absolutely. Hold on. How's that? Is that a little bit better? That sounds good to me. Audience, cool. let us know if that sounds better. Yeah. Um, okay, I am ready to get started. Uh, Lucas, you got the first 10 minutes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get it on. All right, so I'm just going to dive right into the topic we're talking about. Is science compatible with Christianity? And ultimately, this discussion hinges on what it means for two concepts to be compatible with one another. So... To start off, I'd just like to suggest that when we say two concepts are compatible, we're really just saying that the core features of one are logically consistent with the core features of another. So if you want to argue that 
science is incompatible with Christianity, what you have to do is identify what the core features of each are, and then show that one of the core features of science can only be true if at least one of the core features of Christianity is false. And so for that, I have no idea what Eric will bring up tonight, and I'll just have to respond to those points when he makes them. But a disclaimer here is that the discussion is not about different theological positions. I will grant from the outset that certain theological positions may be in conflict with certain scientific positions. So it's not about identifying different theological convictions that may or may not be in conflict with science because that that's easy. Yes, some can be in conflict, but the problem with going that route is you'd have to demonstrate that whatever position you're talking about is a core feature of Christianity in conflict with a core feature of science. And when you're talking about theological models, if you will, that is a very hefty task. So I don't exactly expect that to be what Eric does tonight, but we'll see what he brings to the table and we'll have an excellent conversation either way. So for my part, I will demonstrate that historically, philosophically, and theologically, Christianity yields compatibility with science because Christianity ultimately leads to science in each case. So to rephrase it, Christianity must be compatible with science because it is ultimately what leads to science, or at least it does lead to science. So before we get too far deeper into the discussion, I want to point out that this entire dialogue assumes something called scientific realism. And that's just a fancy term for saying that, hey, when we make scientific claims, we are claiming that these are actually true statements about the real physical world. So electrons are actual entities that exist. Gravity is a real phenomenon that exists. So this may sound obvious, but it's in contrast to a position known as scientific anti-realism, which states that these things are not real physical objects, an, an electron is not a physical object, uh, gravity is not a real phenomenon, they're merely constructs that allow us to make useful predictions. So anti-realism ultimately reduces science to just the formation of mathematical models that may or may not be in conflict, or may or may not be uh, in conflict with the predictions, or they may or not, may not align with predictions and testable data that we observe, but they don't ultimately yield any truth claims about reality. And with that respect, the anti-realist can't really claim incompatibility with Christianity because non-truth claims don't yield incompatibilities. They don't yield inconsistency. So the anti-realist has to assume compatibility with science and Christianity. However, the scientific realist who understands that science makes truth claims about reality is in a position to discuss potential areas of conflict and therefore can acknowledge that maybe science and Christianity are incompatible. With that, I'm going to dive into the meat of the argument, which is historically, philosophically, and theologically, Christianity leads to science. So starting with history, this should be no surprise to anyone who hasn't fallen victim to that myth of the dark ages, but historically, Christianity is what has given us science. So this science has arisen out of a uniquely Christian historical context, and the first great scientists were all Christians. And it's not just that. If you look at the writings of someone like Newton, Galileo, Copernicus, uh, Kepler, these, these individuals, they reasoned from their Christian theology to the need to practice science. So it's not just that they were Christians and they were scientists, they actually reasoned from Christianity to science. But this isn't to say that Christianity or that science is intrinsically Christian or that science somehow proves Christianity. The point here is to mention that, look, if we, if we understand history, that science arose out of a uniquely Christian historical context, that makes a lot more sense if science and Christianity are at least compatible than if they're incompatible. So from history alone, that at least tips the scales in favor of compatibility. So 
we should be able to take that as the rational starting point for the dialogue. Moving to philosophy, in order for any sort of scientific realism to hold, we need a few things to be true about the way the world works. And I will say these are some core features of science that we can adopt. The first is that the universe is intelligible. The second is that the universe contains rational creatures and or rational beings, if you don't like the term creature. And the third is that these rational beings have an inquisitive nature. So going through them one by one, to say that the universe is intelligible is basically just to say that it is in principle possible for someone to make observations about the universe and reason to true conclusions about the way the world works. This is another way of just saying that the universe functions in a law-like manner where we can make observations and come to true conclusions about the world. And this is an essential feature of science that is basically what science does. It's the formulation of law statements that clarify the laws of nature and how they work in the real world. So the Christian has a real good theological edge that is Christian theology gives us a reason to expect this to be the case. The Christian doctrine of God and the doctrine of creation in particular. On the Christian doctrine of God, God is the very foundation for logic and reason. And since the, or at least God's nature is the foundation of logic and reason. And since any being's nature outlines what it can and cannot do, then any universe that the God of Christianity creates has to have at its foundation logic and reason. So Christianity leads us to expect the world to be intelligible. And that's fundamentally what led someone like Johannes Kepler to engage in science in the first place. But the flip side is also true. That same reasoning is ultimately what led someone like atheist philosopher of science, Nancy Cartwright, to reject that there were such things as laws of nature altogether because they seemed so closely tied to the existence of a rational God. So we have a pretty clear line of sight from, the, from Christian theology to this first core feature of science. The second core feature of science that we have uh, a universe with in, intelligent beings really just says that we have beings that are capable of making observations and reasoning to true conclusions. And this is clearly a re requirement for science because if human beings are not such creatures, and since science is a human endeavor, if that's not the case, then science does not get us to truth. But thankfully, Christian theology comes in again because on Christian theology, we expect that human beings are such rational creatures because on the Christian doctrine of man, we are made in the image of God. And whatever you take that to mean, at a minimum, it is either defined as the rationality of human beings or the rationality of human beings is a necessary component of what it means to be made in the image of God. So Christian theology, again, gives us pretty directly the second philosophical core feature of science. And third, we talk about the inquisitive nature. That just means that these beings want to engage in the universe and learn about it. And this is a requirement for science because if all we had was the ability to make observations and make true conclusions based on them, we would never get this enterprise that we have known as science where we systematically fund research and come to true conclusions. We'd stumble upon truths here and there, but the system we have would never be developed if we didn't have a desire to learn. And again, Christian theology leads us directly to this philosophical foundation because on Christianity, again, the doctrine of man, we expect that we as beings are longing for an understanding of our place in the universe. And that leads us to look to the universe for clues about how we fit in. And thus we expect an inquisitive nature on Christian theology. So yet again, the third core feature of science is arrived at pretty directly from Christian theology. So finally, we're moving into the theological component. That is, 
Christian theology directly, that is, if you take Christian theology seriously, you ought to value science at least as important, but possibly even as an obligation. Just take a look at the creation narrative, as a starting point at least. Adam in the creation narrative is instructed to name all the animals. And whether you think this is pure mythology or literal history or something in between, you have to recognize that central to the Christian's creation story is this idea that we are supposed to come alongside God and engage in the world around us. And in this particular instance, Adam is engaging in something known as the science of taxonomy. But it, we can go a bit deeper than that. And that is on Christian theology, you look at the Bible and you see how it speaks about the world. You can see Psalm 19 verses one and two as just an example. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they, they display knowledge. The Christian who takes this, this passage seriously has to expect that we can learn from the universe, but not just about the universe, but about how the universe reveals God. And in that respect, science is ultimately on Christian theology, an act of worship. And the Christian ought to take that very seriously. So in summary, when all is said and done, historically, we see that science arose in a uniquely Christian historical context. Philosophically, Christian doctrines give us the foundations we need in order to practice science. And theologically, the Christian ought to value science up to and including as a means of worship. So science and Christianity are ultimately cohorts in the search for truth. At least that's what I would like to argue. But insofar as the question of tonight goes, if they're compatible, the clear answer is that yes, they are. Uh, you're muted. You are muted. <laughs> that was like perfectly on time, Lucas. Damn. Nice work. Uh, real quick, I do. So normally I try to avoid scheduling shows during ACA programming. Unfortunately, this was one of the only time slots we could all work out. Truth Wanted is going on now. Uh, oh. sure. I, yeah, I know. I, oh. I'm, I, I totally, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, um, Dan. I do my best to avoid these things, but you guys can blame me because I was probably the the factor in the scheduling. Well, thank you, Lucas. That's very all right. It's all Lucas's fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric, uh, are you ready? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but let's do it. Let's do it. Right. You're up, Eric. All right. So uh, first, I just want to thank Ethan and Lucas for getting together tonight. Um, gosh, I, I feel bad about uh, the, the having Dan uh, being on Dan, during Dan's time. But uh, Dan, I hope you can forgive me. Um, so let's talk about this. Um, just so people understand during opening statements, I it is not generally uh, smiled upon when somebody responds to their uh, interlocutor in their opening statement. So as much as someone might want to hear me retort, uh, you know, you got to wait on that. So here's my opening statement. What is our debate topic? It's, is science compatible with Christianity? We really have to focus on what that topic is. Is science compatible with Christianity? Not with Christians. Not has science been functioning with Christianity or, or can it function alongside Christianity, but is it compatible with Christianity? So uh, let's let's look at this. We, we could take it a whole bunch of different ways and have a bunch of different conversations. Uh, we can say, hey, can Christians do science? Yes, absolutely. Christ, Christians can do science, uh, especially when there's not a conflict with their theology and that science. Is every statement about Christianity unscientific? No. There are plenty of things that you can read about in the Bible. Um, 
I mean, especially if you want to know about how early tribes in the that 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 specific area how they viewed themselves, how they told their own story, and how their creation myth and and their their legacies, their kings, their you know I, I, how that lays out, and then in the New Testament, if you want to know about maybe how that area uh, worked under uh, Egyptian rule. A Roman rule. Sorry, I'm 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 stuck in the Old Testament today. Um, under Roman rule, uh, then it, it's it's a great resource. Um, but does that mean that everything in there is true? No, absolutely not. In fact, uh, the idea of the of the Exodus out of Egypt and into Canaan um, is just not borne out by the evidence. It it appears that um, you know the the Israelites came from uh, and originally are Canaanites for the most part. Um, but that's 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 an aside. Let's keep going. Uh, have Christian countries made scientific advancement? Yeah, yeah, they have. So, if if we want to specifically target Christians, or can a Christian, you know, do science? Not what this argument is about. Uh, we can go over superficial claims that compare science and Christianity. Um, I consider them superficial claims because they can be pushed off by Christians. So things like young earth creationists who argue that the earth is 6,000 years old and they're up against archaeology, paleontology, geology, uh, you name it. Um, those are obviously in conflict, but not every Christian is a young earther. Uh, you can talk about people who believe in demonic possession and how that comes into conflict with our understanding and our growing understanding of mental health. And you can have Christians that don't believe in demons. Uh, we could talk about Noah's flood. Uh, I mean, th th there are so many of those kinds of accounts that people bring forward. But I'm I, I'm I'm tired of trying to pin Christians on something that they may or may not believe. Um, we can talk about incorrect claims in the Bible. Is the mustard seed the smallest seed, like Jesus says in Matthew? No, no, it's not. Um, if somebody wants to say, oh, well, he was just trying to relate to the people, well, then you're pointing at the Bible and saying that part is a lie. Um, but let's let's leave that. Are bats birds, like like it says in Leviticus? No. Uh, is there a firmament? No. Uh, you know, rocket ships would have hit the, the firmament on the way up if that was the case. Uh, instead, what I wanted to do is I wanted to zero down on what is the central tenet of Christianity. What What is one thing, what is the one thing that every branch of Christianity has in common that you have to, and, and this is as a former Christian, I, I'm pretty sure you have to take this or else you really don't fit that, 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 that mold. And that is salvation through Christ. So it's ubiquitous. Um, I, I mean, John 3.16 is the most famous, you know, most, most quoted uh, Bible verse, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever so believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Uh, the, the idea of salvation through Christ is found throughout. So what's the problem? There are so many implicit things that come along with it that if we, if we don't ask questions, if we don't stop, we're going to find that we have accepted a whole lot of non-scientific things along the way. Uh, so salvation through Christ. Salvation from what? From sin? What's sin? Uh, salvation from hell? What's hell? Uh, you know, uh, salvation from in, in including this idea that we're all fundamentally broken from the very beginning because of the fall of man and the story of Adam and Eve. 
Uh, all of that is included in that just word salvation. Salvation from what? And what are you being saved to? Heaven, right? What is that? Those are all claims about the world that actually matter. They matter so much that it is ubiquitous across Christian denominations. And so <laughs> you should be able to answer for it. I mean, let me just go back over that. Sin is a Christian concept. It's, 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 this, it's the thought crime idea, and it's, it's one that is tied to this fundamental brokenness or this, this, this um, gosh, there's so much there. Uh, but on any of those, I'm happy to talk about it. What else do we have? Well, salvation through Christ implies that God exists, that God has the ability to do all of those things, and that God has done them. On top of that, you have claims about the Christ figure, right? The virgin, the virgin birth, the resurrection, and the ascension. And so can virgins give birth? No. No, no, they can't. Uh, can someone resurrect you know, from the dead after days of being legit dead? No, they cannot. Can someone ascend bodily into the air? I mean, how do you even physically make that happen? Was it a fast ascension? Did, did Jesus kind of burn up in the atmosphere going too fast? Or maybe he asphyxiated on the way up? Uh, I mean, did God have to kind of jump off at a certain point in time? That way, when he exited Earth's atmosphere, he'd go towards heaven because, gosh, the Earth rotates so fast. I mean, if we're wanting to talk about science, then that matters. And I know it might seem silly, but the point here is that, you know what? Christians can practice science, absolutely, until they come in conflict. Because when there's conflict between Christianity and science, Christians choose their faith over science. That's the problem. That's the sticking point. It's not different. It's not all of these different claims that you can throw away. You could say you don't believe in demons. You could say you, you, you're not a young earther. Uh, you can say that uh, you're a heart surgeon or you're a rocket scientist. You can say that you study philosophy. I, all the way up until it backs up against that Christian claim. And really, that's the, that's the problem. Is science compatible with Christianity? If you're looking for every place that is compatible, you're missing the point. The point is, when they're not compatible, what do you do? Because it matters. The fact is, we can be better scientists moving forward if we let the evidence lead us, not our preconceived notions. So, you know what? I think that's all I had to say. Ethan, I'm done. I don't know how much time that was, but I'm feeling good. That was pretty good. I, uh, I minute 52 left, so we'll forego the rest of your time. Okay, sounds good. All right. Well, now I look forward to shutting my mouth. I'll only interject if necessary. Uh, if you have any questions for either of our gracious guests, send a super chat or tag YF an atheist. Um, Lucas, feel free to start. Yeah. So I, I, I will start by this is free dialogue. So I think I'm just going to start asking you some questions because that's how Absolutely. we get a good dialogue going. Yeah. Go so for it, man. You. Now, I think we've talked, or you mentioned it earlier, you say you, you were a Christian, mm -hmm. right? So at some point, I'm guessing you believed science and Christianity were compatible. Absolutely. In fact, so, uh, the, the, the line about um, learning about the world so we can better learn about God's creation was one that I had in my back pocket. So what specifically brought the change where you started to believe that science was incompatible with Christianity? Well, it was a death by a thousand cuts. 
so for me to point to one specific thing, I, I think would be reductionist to the point of um, denigrating the experience itself. Um, that it, it's it's is there like a theme more. for it? I mean, the theme for tonight close enough matches it. I mean, uh, do, do, does that that Christian message right? I, and I'm specifically saying salvation through Christ is that borne out in science? Can we replicate that? I mean, we're talking about a method. I, 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 I'm, I, I, I gotta ask you, well, first, did I answer your question? Cause I have a question for you. Yeah, I guess. Um, so you basically, from, from what I heard, and I don't want to mischaracterize you, but I, yeah. I heard a lot of things that were lists of miracles that either occurred in the Bible or are implicit in some theological thing. And so the common theme that I kept picking up on was miracles. And you just used a phrase that was like, can we scientifically test this? Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to like get a better understanding of what the common denominator of everything that you just talked about like really is. Well, so th there are multiple things. The common denominators, they're non-scientific. Right, that would be the common denominator. And if, if I, I, I specifically brought up some things that I don't necessarily know that you believe, I'm not going to tie de demonic possession or young earth creationism on Lucas, right? I'm specifically picking, I, I mean, am I wrong? Lucas, is, is salvation through Christ the through line, that central tenet that is necessary in Christianity? Is there any way yeah, to not have that? No, I, I think you've, you've done a pretty good job at identifying a, cool. a good central tenant. But I would call it what, the central tenant. Yeah. yeah the, I, sorry so, to do so, this. Lucas, could you turn down a smidge? Your mic got like really loud and Eric's is a little bit quiet. Oh, and I can turn mine up just to go. Um, I'm trying to find it. No worries. Uh, in the meantime, I, I'm going to uh, just fill this space by saying um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you agree that uh, salvation through Christ is that through line. In fact, I very, very clearly remember thinking, you know, if someone knows enough to say the sinner's prayer, to accept Jesus Christ into their heart as their Lord and Savior, um, they can get into heaven. You know, um, I, I don't know if you're a legalist or whatever the case is, doesn't matter. Salvation through Christ is still the through line. And so what I want to tag is if that is the central tenet of Christianity, is that compatible with science? I mean, so to, you, to, to before I answer that to Ethan, I, I can't turn down my mic. I can't find that setting here. So I'm just going to try and talk more quietly. And, and not yell into the mic. Oh, pulling off the mic a bit can help. Sorry, so, I can't hear myself. Yeah, pull off the mic a little bit. It's... So I, I pulled it back somewhat far. Okay. So um, to, to, to the question that you, you mentioned salvation in Christ, right? But mm -hmm. what, what about that sure. is in conflict with science? Because something doesn't have to be scientific to be consistent with science, right? <laughs> science, <laughs> unless of course you, I wasn't gonna assume that you that you were uh, like in favor of hard scientism where the only truths were truths you know through science. I wouldn't have assumed that. Speci so, specifically, uh, what it sounds like you, is- you think all truths that can be known are through science? So there are claims that are being made, right? I brought up the ascension of Christ. 
that is a claim. Have has that ever been? Can can we investigate that? No, no, we cannot. Can we investigate any other historical event? Right. Well, actually, if it isn't miracles and magic, then we could probably uh, have a degree of confidence that we can like. um, So uh, the walls of Jericho. Why? Wait, wait. Why? Why? Why dismiss miracles? Because miracles aren't things. If you how? how, Wait, wait. wait. Miracles aren't things. What do you? I guess my, my point is, what are you doing to get to that point? Sure. So hold on a second. Are you? You got a degree in this. Just making sure you got a degree in this, and you're saying that science and Christianity are compatible. And the thing that you're asking is, why am I not convinced that miracles are compatible with science? Is that specifically what you're asking? You said miracles aren't things. You didn't say you've never seen a miracle. You didn't say you're not convinced they happen. You said they're not things, right? So that that that's not that's a oh oh a confident claim, right? Sure, 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 sure. Um, so um, we have we don't have evidence uh, that miracles take place. Uh, we don't have a causal link with miracles. Um, when you're talking about anecdotal evidence, you run the exact same uh, risk that you do to you know fall into a whole bunch of weird, weird beliefs. I mean, you know, if if, if all you're going to do is take anecdotal evidence and take it on face value, then Gwyneth Paltrow's got some weird stuff to sell you. I mean, so like, I, I guess be, just just bracketing off the like biblical miracle, miracle stuff, you're talking about miracles are fundamentally where the problem lies. Oh, but what about no, 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 miracles no, no. are intrinsically in conflict with science? Draw that draw that out for me. Sure. And again, there are a lot here. Do you consider a soul a miracle? I don't actually know the answer to that question. Is the soul a miracle? Sure, because you're you you are trying to distill my my statements into a problem with miracles, and really the statement is that salvation through Christ, the central tenet of Christianity, is not compatible with science, and so all of the things included therein. So if you don't have a soul. Are you bodily going to heaven? You know. Well, I mean, I mean, heaven. It ultimately it is a bodily resurrection, right? The, the end of days. That that is a bodily resurrection. Okay, cool. But um, but, but, but the, the, the to your question, are you talking like the unembodied state between death and the final judgment, right? You, so do, do you, ultimately, you, you can exist. Do, yeah. Do you think there's a ghost in the machine? Sure, I I will cool. grant dualism. Okay. Do we have scientific evidence bearing that out? Do we need scientific evidence of something to believe it? It is yes, ultimately absolutely. my question. If I care really? about what's true, yes. Really? Do you care about what's true, Lucas? You got to believe in this. Of course like, I do, which is why I know you don't okay. need scientific evidence to believe something's true. You okay, don't have scientific so, evidence for that claim, right? You have. I don't. I don't no, because there not. there have been many studies. Heck, James Randi spent 40 years, you know, investigating a lot of claims including dualism including the idea that people, you know, can astral project and tested them. They all have a very common thread. And the common thread is when they were tested, they didn't pan out. So but what if the thing you're, you're talking about isn't within the confines of science, right? Science is testing 
laws of nature, the natural laws. Okay. So, so what if the thing you're talking about is not contained within that, even if you're talking about something like, like a virgin birth. Well, no, I'm just saying like something like the laws of logic, right? Those are logically prior to any sort of physical universe. You do not need a physical universe for the laws of logic to exist. So science, because it tests the physical universe is inapplicable to anything that is fundamentally logical, which is enough to prove that you don't need science to justify a truth claim. So it it, it sounds like you're making some, uh, a, a couple blurry, you know, uh, so let's, let, let's be very, very clear here. Um, when we use language, we use language for different reasons. We can point to a noun and we can say that is a thing, person, place, or thing. We can point to an adjective and say, here are descriptors of that person, place, or thing. Uh, we have concepts. Those concepts don't inhabit physical space, but that doesn't mean that they're somehow magical, magical, mystical, or whatever the case is. Uh, so to put God or, you know, that, that kind of any of those claims into that category, I, makes absolutely no sense to me because for that to be the case that means that you would have to have a god that is unable to interact with the physical universe how so because if you have a god that interacted with the physical universe you could test it scientifically how would you be able to test it scientifically if the cause is not physical what non-physical cause has an impact like that doesn't even make sense how can you have something so I guess, that let me ask you this. impact the world what, what's you? your What's your fundamental model of causation? That might be a good place to start. Outline in like 30 seconds your fundamental model of causation. What? Causation, right? How does causation work? Yeah. So That's um, what this, this boils down to. If you're going to say that you cannot, you're, you're ultimately saying you cannot have causation between non-physical and physical things, I'm asking you why and simply saying, what uh, indignantly no, doesn't actually answer the question no, 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 because no, no. I need I'm, to know what your model of causation is. That, that wasn't an in, indignant what as much as it was a, I, so is this a cosmological type of, you know, approach that you're taking? No, no. It's just like, what so, is causation, right? Are you taking, are you, yeah, you I'm take like a, hum, a human, a, a human approach where like all you're talking about is uh, events happening one after another. There's really no link from one thing to the next. Or are you talking about something acting upon some other thing, in which case, how are you defining that action? Well, it absolutely depends. What, yeah. So, so, so if, if I were to say, you know, how did my books get on the shelf? Um, I put them there. How did the sand get on the beach? I don't think a thinking mind is what put the sand on the beach. So if you're talking about causation, I, I don't think things pop into existence. So does that help? Because so, it, maybe it's so broad that I'm having trouble following. So I'm, I'm trying to understand, like, there has to be a problem with a non-physical thing causing a physical thing to happen. Like, there, that has to be, you have to justify why that's not a possibility. And the only way to do that is to, oh. to defend some sort of model of causation that prohibits that. And I'm trying to understand what your model of causation is and why you think that's the proper model of causation. Hold on. Because other because otherwise you can't justify the claim that because something's non-physical, therefore it cannot interact with the physical. You haven't demonstrated any sort of inconsistency there. Sure. Okay. Uh, until such time as a non-physical thing can interact with the physical, um, I think that is a rational claim to make. I think that that it can't happen, or that you just haven't seen it happen until it happens. 
So again, let's let's take this back to the this specific conversation, right? The the, the subject of this discussion is is science compatible mm -hmm. with Christianity. So I appreciate that we're taking these as concepts and not pointing to Bob the scientist and you know me, me too by the way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because I we were quickly you know if we do that just we're, it, it's just going to be Lucas list as many people as you can and I'll list as many people as my right. man. let's see who wins like it, it's not it's not going to be helpful so you know conceptually we're talking about Christianity and I'm also glad that you're meeting me here that I'm not saying Christians can't do science I'm saying that when there's a conflict Christians choose their faith over that science yeah and so I'd like to circle back to that in a bit but sure I really want to get down to this and maybe I'm not asking the right question. So maybe I'll elucidate the, the point. Um, are you familiar with the Higgs boson? Yes. Do you believe it exists? I believe that the Higgs boson was uh, hypothesized and there was a, uh, a, a hypothetical experiment that could be done uh, to determine whether or not it existed. And when, the tools became available to be able to test for it. They tested for it. And only after did they scientifically test for it and determine that it's existent, where did they say this exists? At no point did they jump in and say the Higgs boson exists until right. you prove me wrong. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get at like, you, you believe it's a real thing. You're not saying it's just this anti-realism thing, right? You believe the Higgs boson is a real physical thing. And so I mean, you, you accept that what it what it does within the standard model of physics, right? Giving matter mass. And mind you, I am a lay person. Right. So if we go any further than this, I am going to be talking right out of my well, mouth. So, so here, here's my question. <laughs> Do you, does, are you aware of anyone who can explain specifically how interaction with the Higgs boson can confirm mass upon matter? Um, personally, probably. I, I, I've met a lot of amazing people in this community, but none that, you know, personally come to mind. Um, so, so, so that's really one of the unanswered questions is the actual mechanism by which that occurs. By which what occurs? Like, by like how interaction with the Higgs boson can confer mass upon something else, how okay. that, how that works, how that, that works. But if I'm going to ask you, how does that work? That doesn't invalidate any of the arguments and evidence in favor of the things existence. So when you ask something like the soul, or I can, I can even, another one would be dark matter, right? That's an e a more accessible one. How is there matter that doesn't interact with the electromagnetic spectrum? I can ask that question all day long, but it's, that doesn't invalidate the arguments and evidence we have in favor of that thing. And so, so when someone believes in the soul, with they're, they're not, they're not doing that arbitrarily you may you may disagree with someone who says they believe it for scriptural reasons but a lot of dualists have philosophical arguments where they ultimately just say that dualism better explains the totality of the evidence that they experience right what they see in their everyday life dualism makes the best sense of that and okay. simply asking the question how can you have this non-physical thing interact with the physical body doesn't even land on the table of starting to cast doubt upon the arguments and evidence that they have. Okay, so, so, it's, so just, it's just an unanswered question. And this yeah. is where, where I think the analogy to science is really helpful because unanswered questions in any intellectual endeavor is just the foundation for a research program. That's why we have universities across the world studying this stuff. And that's why you have different theological and philosophical research programs that 
study, okay, what is the soul? What is, or what is the mind if you want to sort of equate the two for the, for the generic purposes here? And how does that work? That's just a research program. And so I'm content to say, I don't know how it works, but unless you can demonstrate any sort of causal problem, like actually show that there is a model of causation you can defend and that that model of causation invalidates physical to non-physical interactions, there's no reason for someone who believes in the soul to think that's a problem. Okay, so let me let me let me see if I got this right cuz if that's true then I can start making covid vaccines in my bathtub and sell them and until such time as you can test that covid vaccine and prove it wrong, I am justified in accepting that it is true. You know what? Your experience can justify anything to you. Uh, no, 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 no. But you don't get to get that, away with that because that, that, is a that doesn't mean I'm justified. Yeah, that, that, that's a terrible <laughs> thing that I just described, right? Um, it matters. It really does matter. And ultimately, so far, this discussion appears to me to be, while science doesn't need to describe my faith claim in a debate about whether or not Christianity and science uh, are compatible. So if the response is, while science doesn't have to, I'm pretty sure you lost. Help me out. Are you assuming that every truth claim, oh, of course, you, you, you said you're assuming every truth claim is, in, is able to be investigated by science, right? Uh, well, I, I think that if you have a claim that is um, non-falsifiable, then you need to make sure that you are contextualizing it. So if, uh, if Ethan uh, is not convinced that we exist and that we're just you know, uh, figments of his imagination and that this whole world around him uh, is just all in his head, none of it actually exists, he's just a brain in a vat, um, I would hope that he would temper that with the fact that he's making a claim that is not falsifiable. And so you have to make sure that you're tempering and, and recognizing that you can be entirely wrong, you know, don't, don't bet the farm on it if it's unfalsifiable. So with that R caveat, sure, yes, if uh, uh, truth claims should be testable. But testable by what method? Like, Depends on what the claim is. What, okay, so a, a claim about something non-physical. Like what? How, how do you test it? Like a soul like that's non-physical. How are you going to test something that's non-physical? Well, the first thing I would do is I would list its attributes. If its attributes can be investigated, then I would investigate them. Okay, but we're talking about how do you investigate something like the soul, and you just use the term investigate in your explanation of investigation. Well, I, because I said I would list its attributes. So can you give me an attribute, and I can, I can go from there. What is an attribute to, of, the soul, of the soul? Let's start with non-physical. Cool. What non-physical, like... Okay, let's start with, do you think that there is a soul piloting your body around? I think there's a soul interacting with my body. Okay, that's, that's good enough. Um, how did you determine that? Right, there are things about my everyday experience that are most plausibly non-physical. I didn't ask you that. I asked you, how did you determine that there's a soul interacting with your body? Right. So simply put, based on philosophy. Okay. So would it drastically change the way you view the world if you learned that there's no such thing as a soul that exists? Like that is not a, that is not. Well, yes, because then there the, wouldn't the, the, be a the, me. 
<laughs> there wouldn't be a me. Okay. There'd be a concept, there'd be a collection of atoms that do not persist through time in, a, in any sort of set. So, Probably so, that, that would lead to some sort of myriological nihilism. So you think that souls keep atoms together? Oh, no, 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 no. But they provide personal identity. No, I'm pretty sure the story you tell yourself about yourself provides your, your personal identity. So no, I don't think a soul provides a personal identity. How did you come to that conclusion that the story... Unpack that for me. The story you tell about yourself provides it's, your personal identity. Sure. I'm, and, I, I'm, I'm not talking about like a... Sorry, I'm not talking about like a narrative identity. I'm talking about like an ontological identity. Oh, so the collection of atoms that are unique to this body, or at least the specific arrangement of atoms that are that make up this body, um, can't have can't be differentiated between another if there's no soul. Yes. Well, how does that well, make any sense? Yeah. So this body, you, your body, are you the same person you were when you were two years old? Oh, Ontological that's identity. Of, that's a ship of Theseus issue. If you really want to get in the ship of Theseus, that's cool. Just know that you're spending the time on the conversation about is science compatible right. with Christianity. Right. So, but 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 the the point comes down to this: you're talking about the soul, and you're trying to say the soul is inconsistent with science. The the idea of the soul is inconsistent with science. But all you're talking about is essentially you don't understand the soul, right? You don't know what it means to talk about the soul, and you don't know how it would interact. So, so, but so, that's not a reason to think that there is no soul and there's no soul interacting. But even so, that's not a reason to think that the idea of the soul is incompatible with science. That just means it's outside the scope of science. Okay, so, so okay, okay, okay. So is science compatible with Christianity? Yes, so long as you take the claims that can't be proven, that have absolutely no uh, way to be tested in the real world, and you just take those outside and go, you know what, these get a special little cubby. And then we're going to put those things in that cubby. And as long as we do that, then science is compatible with my religion. I, that doesn't fit. No. I, I, if you're claiming non-overlapping magisteria. Oh, no, no, no. Not non-overlapping, just not exclusively overlapping. Okay. <laughs> so, right? We're so, making so true claims about different things. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm saying... Occasionally, that, I guess, does every claim made by science and made by religion have to be able to be investigated by the other? I mean... If you want to take it seriously, yes, especially if you want to dedicate your life to it, I would hope so. But why? Can, why does science have to be able to investigate everything in order to be important? Because I don't want to be lied to. And is the only way to determine you can't be lied to through scientific testability? Through investigation, yeah. But investigation in what means? Investigation historically, investigation philosophically, investigation Wait. scientifically. Again, again. You're talking I'm... one of many different ways of investigation if you're going to say that science is the only way to go. Okay, so um, so I'll, 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 I'll bring this. So we're talking about the soul. I'll tell you what I thought a soul was. I thought a soul was my personality. I thought a soul was uh, the essence of who I am. I thought when I died, my soul would carry with it the memories and connections that it made during that life that I, that I lived. Um, and then I learned that brain damage can completely wipe out a personality. Brain damage can completely wipe out memory. Not that it's locked away behind some kind of door that the soul is now incapable of, of accessing that area, but destroy those things. Those are physical things. 
I, 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 the, the you, idea... you, you are aware that you can't scientifically prove that they're physical things, right? You can only scientifically demonstrate there's a correlation between the person's Absolutely. experience of something. Okay, just, just yeah. so you made a claim that's not scientifically demonstrated. No, no, no. In the same way there's a correlation between me turning the key in my ignition and my car starting? Sure. Right, Those yeah. important. Right. Yeah, you as matters. a personal agent is behind the functionality of what happened in the car. Similarly, if something is broken inside the car, the mechanism inside the car, it doesn't matter as the personal agent that you are. Right. If you turn the key, the car's not going to start. Okay. So it, perfect. Again, let's 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 perfect. That's perfect. So um, <laughs> we're we're talking about the nature of the soul, which is right. interesting. Um, we, but I definitely. But I, I guess we don't have to go down so. that road if you don't have a way to connect it to then being incapable of interacting with the physical world. Because uh, so, that's the only way that it, it yields an inconsistency with science is if the soul is incapable of interacting with the physical world. Okay. So that's not how this works, Lucas. It's not. That's oh, really of course not. it is. Of no, course it's not. it is. So, so let, 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 me, let me underline this. Let me underscore this so the people at home can, can, can follow along. If I make a claim... And that Such as that the, the is soul interacting with the body is inconsistent, if, yes. Yeah, if, if you cannot substantiate that claim, for me to say, here's my unsubstantiated claim, I, it's reasonable for me to accept that as true until you prove me wrong, that is how you get charlatans and hucksters. That's how you get people who will sell you a, you know, a plot of a land in the desert, you know, and, and, and people who say neuroscience has disproven the soul. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I'm with you hundred percent. If I made <laughs> well, the claim, so, if so, I was so, here so. defending the claim that the soul actually existed, then I'd be 100% on the hook. Okay, but you're the one who made the soul exists. That, that's not the point. The point is you made the claim that yes. science and Christianity are incompatible because Christianity has its concept of the, the soul. No, that no, is no, your no. claim. No, be hold on. That is your claim. And that is your burden to defend and identify where the inconsistency lies. Sure. Because I, if if that inconsistency isn't outlined, then I fail to see the inconsistency there. And absolutely. so far, I get that you don't believe in the soul. I, 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 I th but, there's, there's but no that, need for it. But that doesn't show that if a soul existed, it would then be inconsistent with practicing science. And that's ultimately what no, you no, need no. to show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You made two very different. No, if a soul okay, existed, it would be consistent with science. If it existed, you could consistently determine and make make claims, right? Or, or, or make predictions and then test those predictions, those hypotheses to determine whether or not they're true. You could actually test for the soul. Yes, if it was real. How would you test yeah. for the soul? That's the question, Lucas, and that's why it's important to not accept it until there's evidence for it. Well, well I mean, how, I'm just I'm asking you, how right, are you right, testing yeah, yeah. the soul? Uh, so, <laughs> it depends, man. Do you think that souls interact with physical matter? Let's say yes. How would you test with? How would you test that it's the soul? Like, how would you test for the soul using so, whatever means you want? So yeah, so non-existence, or at least non-corporeal existence that the idea that something that is not physical completely just you know uh interacting with the physical world 
completely demolishes your claim about causality earlier. I mean, I don't know how you can have an, an unmoved body, you know, that, that, that's caused by a non-corporeal thing. Yes, uh, yes. But again, incredulity isn't an argument, right? Incredulity right. is not an argument. So you're accepting a claim, a claim about the existence of the soul, of heaven, of virgin birth, resurrection, ascension, of hell, of um, sin, all of those things, none of those things have been substantiated. Not a single one of those things has been replicated. Not a single one of those things has, ha, can, you know, has been tested to the degree that we can go, hey, you know what? There's even a likelihood. We can't even put a number of, for, to, to the likelihood of that because it is so ridiculous. It is a fantasy. It is a fantasy. Hold on it, a it, second. Yeah. It if doesn't... you're going to talk about... If you're going to talk about calling it a fantasy, mm -hmm. then you're, you're not you're making an actual truth claim about the existence or not, right? You're not going to compare something to a fantasy unless you say, yeah, it's not true. Fantasy stories are things that are false. I don't think you want to go so far as to call it a fantasy. I think you might want to backpedal on that a little bit so you're not yeah. committing yourself to being able to demonstrate the non-existence of something. Well, it, it depends. If, so, so let's 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 look at uh, the non-existence of a million dollars in my bank account. I could probably prove that pretty well. Oh yeah, um, right. The the non-existence of of um, you know my spaceship outside. Um, I guess you know if 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 I defined it as you know well you can't see it because I've got the you know cloaking device on it and you can walk through it because of space technology. Um, the, the time to accept a claim is when there's evidence for it. Right, but you keep using this term evidence, and yes. well, I want to understand what you mean by evidence. And sure. the so, evidence depends on the claim, right? Okay, if you're talking so, about so a scientific, that, a physical thing, you're talking yeah. about testability. If I'm talking about something like, hey, there's a number that if you multiply it by two, it gives you an integer, sorry, that if you multiply it by two, it gives you an odd integer. Well, you don't test that by science, you test that by logic. And you can demonstrate mathematically that any integer multiplied by two yields an even integer, right? That is a, a universal claim, absolutely no scientific proof or testability involved at all. It's pure logic. So no. you can falsify a claim, right? You can falsify my claim that there exists a number that is itself odd and the result of multiplying another integer by two, right? That is easily falsifiable, but it doesn't involve science. It, it, it sounds like you're taking adjectives and treating them as nouns. Um, yeah, so- Which words? Numbers, numbers are adjectives. They're not physically existent. There's not a platonic realm that you access numbers from. In fact, what they are is they're descriptors for things. There is one Lucas in this conversation. There's one Ethan. There are zero Julios. So you're assuming you're, you're assuming a particular theory of numbers, right? You're, you're assuming something like a Michael Humer model, where the number is just the description of the collection of things. Well, which is pretty much the opposite of what most philosophers of mathematics would argue, right? It sets are real things that exist. I mean, it, it, I, you, you it, could be a Platonist, right? You could be yeah, a Platonist and, no, and I'm, I'm, think I'm, about I'm model, not, uh, but you could be, right? So hold on just a second. But even even uh, still. Be, 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 you could talk about can you tie this back to science and in, in, in christianity let's let's, yeah, let's make sure we're grounded okay if you're talking about a claim that is not itself scientific 
right, is not within the realm of science. You don't expect it to be tested by science. Okay. Right. So, so for you to expect, so first of all, miracles, right? Let's go back to just miracles in general. What makes miracles miracles is their uniqueness. And you're essentially saying uniqueness because they only happen once, which is the whole point of a miracle, right? They, because they only happen once, you can't go back and test it again. And therefore you have no way to ascertain probability. Right. But that assumes what's called a frequentist understanding of probability, which is not exactly what sort of probability people take, right? Historical events aren't investigated under a frequentist probability. Let They're investigated under the best explanation of the historical data. So, so, so let's, I, I want to explore not, this with you, Lucas. Let's explore this together, right? How do you determine if something was a miracle or if someone just claimed it was a miracle? How do you, how do you tell the difference? That's a great question. Um, ultimately, I, I would argue interaction with the supernatural being is a hallmark of a miraculous event. Okay, so someone uh, tells you that they prayed and were healed. Do you take that as a miracle? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I took some aspirin, and what do you know two hours later my headache went away? So that's the thing. Individual miracle claims that someone just comes up to me and tells me, I don't have an answer for how I would explain that. But when you have so let's take a, histor a, a historical tradition of miracles, a specific miraculous event that is situated in a particular religious historical context, and we're way off the topic of science and religion, by the way, but a particular religious historical context, that can't be ignored. The significance of the event itself cannot be ignored, or sorry, the historical context cannot be ignored when considering what that event is. So <laughs> okay, okay, you're, you're not so, just talking about, so, we haven't so, seen this happen before. So because it happened a long time ago, the odds that the virgin birth, the bodily uh, you know, ascension of Christ, the resurrection, the miracle claims around Christ, all of those are more likely true because they're far away, so long ago you oh, can't- Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm sorry if I made you think that, but that's not at all the point I was making. The point I was okay. making is the, relig the religious historical context. So you have to look at what the culture was at the time, the group it yeah. was happening to, and the religious claims the context that 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 it was in and how the event itself fit into that so jesus resurrecting fitting into the historical context and the evidence we have there that that's not that's not just because it happened a long long time ago okay so so how about the aztecs the aztecs had their own religion it was not christianity but in the context of that then it's then then the the whatever you know religious claims they made are they just as true as the religious claims you're making? Which, by the way, just, just as an aside, in case we never get the chance to put a pin on it, but the, the, the imperialistic view that Christianity has, has pushed science in that way, I think the Aztecs would probably be pretty upset at that, seeing as they... they, they that would be a fun conversation. Well, seeing as they created an entire society without their, the need for it, I think that um, it, is, it is the height of... of um, it, it's weird. It's real weird. I wouldn't lead with that. You're not going to catch any flies with uh, with that vinegar, man. Uh, but you know, <laughs> moving back. So, so to, maybe, maybe you didn't understand the point <laughs> that I made. But yeah. the moving the, back to to uh, the historical context of a claim, right? We're talking about is science 
or is it, yeah, is science compatible with Christianity? Right. The point. So we can't even ignore the historical. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh my God. No. Sorry. We, we do have to, not. It either is or it isn't. Lucas, sorry. We do have to <laughs> focus hard on not interrupting or talking over each other. Each other. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Sorry. That um, it You're is excited. until it's not. It either is or isn't. Seriously, law of non-contradiction, right? Mm -hmm. It is true or it is not true. It can't be. It is incompatible until it's not incompatible. That is just that just flies in the face of logic right there. You could say you don't know if it's compatible or not until you know it's compatible or not, right? Sure. You could say that. So but it either is or it isn't. And so we can get off the whole topic of the of like historical miracles and just look at yeah. what about a a non a supernatural being interacting with the physical world is prohibited by science. Right? The fact that we can investigate laws of nature, right? Yeah. What about something outside of nature interacting? is prohibited by the fact that we can investigate laws of nature. Absolutely. That's a wonderful question. Um, so I have nothing in my hand. Let's just say I have absolutely nothing in my hand. But I tell you that my nothing went and walked the dog around the neighborhood. Um, what's, what's, am I justified in, in making that claim? I mean, I have a non-corporeal, non-nature thing, and it walked the dog around the neighborhood. It got the leash, it put the leash on the dog, it took the dog around the neighborhood, came back, it actually was, was a, a, a responsible nothing, and it even picked up the poop, you know, made sure that it didn't leave poops around the neighborhood. Um, so, uh, can you draw that to the, can, can, how does that answer the question, I guess, is what I'm struggling with. It's sure. a nice story, right? It's a fun yeah. story to tell, it and it uses up some time on the clock, but like, what, does it do like how does it answer the question of what uh, about what yeah. about the physical world and the fact that we can investigate the physical world prohibits something outside of that from interacting with it? Yeah. So if you're going to make a claim, which the claim is God interacts with the world, right? I want to make sure that I'm not mis misunderstanding you. I don't think that's the or that, so, so that, that, that is a claim that, that is a claim that I accept, but I yeah. think the, the, and, the and, question is hint, is hinting on in order, right, just philosophically, in order for a miracle to actually be a problem with the, the idea that science can be compatible with Christianity, in order for that to be an instance of incompatibility, then you have to point out why that's the case. Sure, why absolutely. something non-physical. So yeah. this isn't really yeah. just me saying limbs, limbs this don't... actually happened, yeah, right? It's not about don't... an actual I... happening. It's about what I got you. prevent it. I got you. Limbs don't grow back spontaneously, right? Um, when it comes to us actually investigating a thing, the funny thing is miracles tend not to happen when we're looking at them. That's our first sign. If you're making a claim, the claim is miracles, right? All I'm saying is it is unjustified. And to say, oh, well, science doesn't get to, to touch it. And, 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 and it, the only way science can touch it is if you can prove me wrong. Buddy, that doesn't work in anything else oh no no no! that is a Hold specific on. claim that only works for I, I the, just, the 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 religious just, claims like i want to correct something i never said okay. i never said science doesn't get to touch it until you can what is it prove it wrong right so so or no so, science never gets to touch it that's the thing science <laughs> never touches a thing that is outside of okay. the natural 
world, right? When we're talking about laws of nature. Define outside of the natural world. For quick clarification, is Lucas claiming that Christianity is 100% compatible with science? No. I don't even know what that means by 100% compatible with science. Yeah. I, I, I would love to answer that question. I just need a little bit more background into to what is meant by that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Please continue. No worries. And to, to clarify what got us here isn't that, you know, Christians can do science. Um, absolutely. Uh, Christians have made scientific advancements. Um, that's just fine. The, 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 the piece here that I'm hinging whether or not science is compatible with Christianity isn't in the points where it is. It's in the points where when it's not, science is, science goes by the wayside in, in, uh, in, in favor of Christianity, in favor of the faith claim. Uh, when they butt up against each other, the faith is what wins out for Christians, and that is non-scientific. A science like that right. is, that's not so that's 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 actually not what what we're talking about right now. We're talking about a no 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 the a, the, the person in the chat who asked the question. Okay, I was trying right. to clarify. Yeah, because we're yeah we're not talking about like young Earth creationism versus the Big Bang model, right? We're not talking about claims made being in conflict with one another. And that's a great, like, I'd love to have conversations with different scientists on that, like creationist scientists who take young earth creationist position, how they get to where they get, because I, I like to see their train of thought. But sure. the point is we're talking about when something that is not within the scope of our scientific investigation how would you identify that that is incompatible with our scientific investigation altogether? Okay. Um, so it's the, I, I, I will clarify. I know that I've said it uh, in passing, but I guess I'll say this very, very directly. Um, it's accepting a claim without evidence and then stating that that justification is because evidence is not required or evidence such that we take for anything else around us doesn't match that claim. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a very, very special, it's a very particular kind of special pleading that's used for these religious claims. And I want to be specific. We've been talking about the soul. We can take the soul and put it aside for now if we want. And, and we can talk about other things. You're talking about miracles again, I specifically said, you know, anecdotal, uh, you know, this Christian says that, they, that they're inhabited by demons. In fact, they might be mentally ill. We should probably leave that alone, whatever you believe about it. I'm specifically talking about the central tenet of Christianity, salvation through Christ. Is mm -hmm. there a heaven? Is there a hell? How do you get there? How did you determine that that's a thing? Is there sin? What is sin? What is salvation? Why do you need to be saved? And th those are wonderful theological questions. No, those are those are ontological questions, Lucas. Those are ontological questions, not theological questions. They don't exist in some other possible universe. They're being their claims being made about this one. Oh no no, no. their claims being made about this this world, right? All true claims about all of reality, but that doesn't mean their claims about this physical reality. <laughs> okay, so. So. <laughs> Unless you're assuming at, at the, from the get-go that the physical reality is all that there is, but that's not, you can't make that assumption and talk about this, this 
is science compatible with Christianity? Because, well, if Christianity includes some aspects about reality that are non-physical and you just assume science requires there to only be physical, well, then you're assuming that Christianity is false from the get-go. So, and that's not even the discussion sure, tonight. Sure. Uh, so, so, so yes, uh, it's you, ontological, but you, it's theological you, in that it's with Christ, like it's about Christian doctrine. But those aren't the sorts of things that we test under a microscope. No, I, 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 I agree. You probably are not going to find heaven with a microscope. The time to believe in a heaven, though, is when you can at least generate the uh, support the idea that it's plausible. So uh, the, 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 you, you have a degree in physics, right? right? Okay. So if I give you a number that is undefined, can you multiply with it? So like you're talking about zero or infinity? Um, well, those are treated a little bit differently, but right. I, if I give you a number that is undefined, yeah, can you multiply with it? Oh, like just like a variable? Like I just put like a variable X? Um, X that I've not given you. So I, I, so the, the, the thing is, is you, you, need I, to, you, you need to have the discrete value in order to utilize it, in order to use it, in order to put it into practice. And then when you're applying it to the world, you need to determine whether or not those discrete values line up with things that are real, right? I can say one plus one is two. That is fantastic so long as I'm describing, you know, something that there are two of. But if I say one, one Daffy Duck plus one Daffy Duck equals two Daffy Ducks, that doesn't mean that there are two Daffy Ducks that exist here in this world, right? So oh. what I'm saying is... Yeah, are... connect the dots for me because th this is, like, <laughs> we're way off in analogy land here and not talking yeah. about like the question at hand yeah, the, right the, now. So the just draw back for me, please. Absolutely. You know what? Actually, let's just set it aside. We can, we, <laughs> okay. can, we can have that conversation another day. Uh, Lucas, so far, the only response that I've gotten from you is that Christianity does not, the, the, the claims that are not investigatable or straight up don't happen in this world, right? So virgin births, bodily assumption, um, you know, resurrection, um, all of those those claims that you can test for, we looked for, don't happen. You're saying those just go in a special bin that science doesn't get to touch. And as long as that's the case, um, then if I accept that, then I think you've won. But if you have another argument that says that science is compatible with Christianity in a way that isn't, I'm taking my ball and going home, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, that's called my opening statement, but... Those who no, are no, watching no, I, at I, home I, I, can rewind and, and, and yeah. take a look at that. I heard but, your opening statement. You talked about right. Christians. You talked about this strange imperialist view of things. You talked about how Christianity is uh, necessary and how it is useful in science. Oh, no, um, no, no. I actually said it's not necessary. I said it's not, science is not intrinsically Christian. Okay. Oh, I, I apologize, Lucas. I thought yeah. you were saying that you need to believe in a God <laughs> oh, in no, 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 to, no. to be rational. Yeah, so maybe so maybe I should clarify that the point was that given Christian doctrines, it leads to science. But like I said, it doesn't it doesn't mean that science is intrinsically Christian. That's not that was not part of the argument I made. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope I, I said I, that correctly. I, I please go I, back and watch the opener because that would that should have been like a, a specific statement that it is not intrinsically Christian. It's just that historically the science we have today that that was a historical point arose out of a uniquely Christian context. Okay, that's true. So, that's no, true, it's not. But, so did you think Hammurabi but, was sitting there going, I don't know how anything works? Oh, um, yeah. So this, this is a great point because <laughs> there's a difference between there's a difference between science as we know it today and what would be classified as like technological advancements where you tech technological advancements, you study something, some phenomenon for the purposes mm -hmm. of being able to put it into some sort of use. Right. But the shift that happened in the scientific revolution was really just studying the universe for the sake of learning more about the universe sure. that so that there was a shift in focus and yeah I, i'm not saying that you have to be a christian in order to make that shift but i'm saying it's historically where it occurred and the people who made that shift who, who reasoned who, from their christian theology to I, I, that so practice you're talking about the scientific revolution which happened at a very specific time in a very specific place you don't make that claim about science you can make that claim about the scientific revolution. You cannot make that claim about science. Well, but but science as we know it today is built upon that shift in studying the, so the, the I, world I, for the sake I, of studying the world, I, right? I, 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 you're talking about the scientific revolution, fantastic. Don't make that claim about science. It's like saying that uh, who who invented uh, movable type, who invented the oh, printing oh. press. I guess I'm I guess I'm struggling. You unpack your your, your challenge there because I'm struggling to see where you're finding a problem. So sure. in, in fact, actually, the problem has nothing to do. It was just a a, a, a statement on on your, your 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 when you referenced your opening statement when I said to to back up. I I don't understand how in your opening statement you could have answered me. Actually, I I spoke next. Um, so I I'm giving you the central tenet of Christianity that you absolutely agreed to. Right. Mm -hmm. Without without reservation, it's salvation through Christ. And I brought up a bunch of different things in it that are implicit in it. And you did not raise objection. When I brought up each one, uh, mm -hmm. I brought up virgin birth, by the way, uh, you haven't responded to you know, can virgins give birth. Well, yeah, as long as there's a baby inside. Do you understand that being a virgin means? <laughs> that you did not uh that, that yes i understand how science works but but okay. i mean you, you understand that you're just asking if i believe in miracles in many different ways no 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 i know no, you can people... dress that question up as much as you want but the, no. the bottom line it comes down to miracles so so, so I, I actually it's oh, go ahead, Ethan. quick i apologize 90 minutes is not enough time guys <laughs> i know we got to answer questions um yeah but, uh we have our five minute closers uh so okay. exactly so um would you like to do your closers now or audience questions first we're gonna do closers and then audience questions i believe right yeah all right yeah um lucas yeah okay What's so yeah so just let me get a sip of water and then i'll i'll get going with that sure. small set all right so the ultimate question of is science compatible with christianity I outlined a number of reasons. If we look historically, we look philosophically, we look theologically, we're going to get within Christianity that gives us the very things we need to do or we need in order to do science. Historically, it has given us what we have today in the scientific enterprise. Philosophically, Christian doctrines give us the underlying necessary factors, the core factors in order to do science. But what we saw in response was this this ultimate focus on 
salvation and the actual mechanisms for how Jesus and his death on the cross and ultimate resurrection atones for our sins. And this is a great topic for a theology seminar where we can actually get into the meat of this. But we need to ask ourselves the question of what about that fundamentally makes this incompatible with science? And all we saw time after time was, well, you can't test it using science. But just because you can't test something using science doesn't mean it's incompatible with science. You can test people's claims with without using science, right? You can look at history. You can look at logic. You can make moral claims. You can make claims about your own personal experiences that you do not test with science. And those are all claims that can be true. So truth does not depend on science. So demonstrating that there's something that's outside the scope of science, which is the best that we got tonight, was not enough to say this is incompatible with science. I can say, yeah, it might be mysterious exactly how God interacts with the world, or it might be mysterious exactly how the soul interacts with the body. But unless you can outline the actual causal problem between the physical and non-physical, if such a non-physical were to exist, then you haven't identified a problem. At most, maybe what Eric has done tonight is demonstrate that he doesn't have reason to believe that Christianity is true. He doesn't have reason to believe that these miracles actually happened. But that's not enough to demonstrate that the miracles themselves are false because science is true, or that the miracles themselves could not be true if science is also true. And so in the ultimate question, we saw some pretty good reasons in my opening. Historically, science came from a Christian context. Philosophically, we get the tools we need to do science if we have Christian theology. And theologically, the doctrine of, or really the doctrine of creation and how we are taught to interact with creation gives us a reason to practice science in the first place. So we would expect on Christianity to have science. And what we got in response was, I don't know how to make sense of these miraculous claims in a scientific context, but I don't know how to make sense of this is not, therefore, the two are incompatible. And because of that, we did not see a reason to think that science and Christianity are incompatible. We may have seen some reasons to think that science and Christianity, or that Christianity is not true, or that Eric personally does not have reason to believe Christianity is true, but we did not see anything to suggest that the two are incompatible with one another. I will end with there. Ethan, you're muted again. You have a minute and a half left. Do you want to let that go? I mean, it, it, it's all the same. It was claims of things that we don't know how to explain how they work because they're miracles. That's effectively it. And if someone wants, I'll throw this out there, if someone wants to throw uh, discussing history of science, we can do that, but we are we kind of covered that. Um, at the end of the day, it comes down to what is the causal problem with miracles? And we didn't get that. We didn't, so we didn't get a reason to think the two are incompatible. Hey, Oz, I have, I know who you're talking about, and I honestly don't, I can't explain the similarities there, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Eric, whenever sure. you're ready. Absolutely. Um, so this has been a lot of fun, and I was not expecting Lucas to 
be able to rebut um, what I brought up, but I hoped. So let's let's go back over this and and really kind of zero in on what this debate was about. This debate was about whether or not Christianity and science are compatible. At the very beginning, I made a lot of concessions. I said science, uh, Christians can do science, especially when there's no conflict with uh, you know their faith. Right? I said that uh, we're not going to point out particular Christians and try and strawman each other. Um, what I did is I zeroed down to the central tenet of Christianity, which uh, Lucas agreed with, and I went over the different implications of that central tenet, which Lucas agreed with, and then I proceeded to point out each of the ontological statements. Now, for people who don't know what that means, ontological is something that exists. I'm not talking about a fiction. When you're talking about the existence of a thing, you're actually talking about the real world, and we can determine what exists and what doesn't exist, right? We, we, we can, we can, <laughs> I, it, I'm sorry, I'm getting off. When it comes to sin, Lucas had no explanation for it, and he's hiding and has decided to hide in this idea that, um, it, that because we don't know how it works, right, uh, then uh, there's not a problem with it. No, you, you need to determine that it can work, right, that it's possible, and then determine whether or not it's probable. You have not uh, made it when it comes to sin. When it comes to hell, didn't happen. When it comes to the fall of man, didn't happen. When it comes to heaven, didn't happen. When it comes to the existence of the soul, didn't happen. When it comes to virgin births, which we can check, that's, a, that's an actual claim about the world. Didn't happen. When it came to the resurrection, didn't happen. When it came to the ascension of Christ, didn't happen. In each of those, <laughs> it's not a personal incredulity thing for me. Uh, what it really is, is you have this, this claim that, that Christianity and science perfectly go hand in hand. Um, and what I'm saying is, if we're determining whether or not there's a conflict, we need to find out where these separate. I've pointed to places where they separate. And instead of saying, oh, no, here's how it, in conjunction with my belief system, in conjunction with science, bears that out. Instead, what we had was hemming and hawing over uh, why it doesn't get to play, it doesn't have to play by the same rules as every other claim, which just doesn't make any sense. So if you came in here and you are, you know, wondering, do science and Christianity, for the most part, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I think that being a Christian has absolutely no bearing on whether or not you can be a dentist. Um, but the habit of picking your faith over evidence, over science, that's when we come to issues. That's how we get flat earthers. That's how we get young earth creationists. That's how we get people misdiagnosing mental illness for demonic possession. That's how we get people insisting that there was a flood that covered the entire earth when there's no geological evidence to, to support that, right? When you have faith contradicting evidence and people choose the faith over that, that's when it comes into conflict. And in the central tenets of Christianity, which my interlocutor, Lucas, could not uh, deny, he also couldn't support it. And so instead of saying, here's how it's scientifically viable, because that, that would have been great. Hey, here's a test for, for the soul. 
Let's test it. Hey, look at that. We were able to determine the soul, right? Hey, here's a test for heaven. Let's, let's determine whether or not heaven exists. Hey, here are examples of resurrections and ascensions. Let's test it. Let's find out if it's possible and then determine whether or not it's probable. But without even saying, without even showing that, that, that those claims could even be possible, the audacity to say, well, it totes works. Is there a problem if there's, if, if you don't, Lucas was fantastic today. Ethan, thank you um, for, for everybody watching. I want you to tell us in the live chat what you thought. If you were convinced by Lucas, I would love for you to let us know by donating $7.77. And if you were convinced by me, I would love to see in the live chat you donate $6.66. That is a great way that we can see how people are impacted by this debate. And it'd be, it would be a great way to support Ethan who made this happen. Thank you. That's really creative, Eric. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I do have a question, but I want to get to the super chats first. So from Johnny Moe, science can't appeal to or investigate the supernatural. Yet Christianity appeals to the supernatural. Does that make the two incompatible? Thoughts from both, please. Are you able to put the questions on the screen? Uh, I'm so apparently they go away after a certain period of time. So I cannot, unfortunately. Okay. All right. No, that, that that's that's fine. So was that to me or to Eric? Because I think both of us could answer that. Uh, both of you. Uh, so here, I'm going to put it on the screen by just rewriting it. Give me five seconds. I'm just waiting for it to appear. There we go. So, yeah, uh, answer from both of you. Sure. I mean, yeah. Uh, supernatural is, by definition, a another category that is, I mean, uh, I... I but I, I guess I have trouble with it because I don't think Lucas was saying supernatural because he doesn't believe in non-overlapping magisteria, right? So, well, the term non-overlapping magisteria means that they there are no claims that overlap, right? Mm -hmm. So, I'm content saying that there are some part, parts of <clears throat> some parts of Christianity that are not within the scope of science but there are other parts where they make claims that do overlap. So it's a partially overlapping magisteria, not an exhaustively. So if you were to think of Venn diagrams, mm -hmm. there's, there's, in, order for, in order for the whole methodological naturalism thing to, which is what that question was ultimately about, to yield inconsistency is if your Venn diagram is a circle, right? Just a single circle, the two circles overlap with one another entirely. And that's not what we have in the case of Christianity, where all truth claims made by science are within the scope of Christianity and all truth claims made by Christianity are within the scope of science. And because that's not the case, even if you grant methodological naturalism, you're not granting an inconsistency within that and science. You're just saying there's a difference. Okay. Um, let me get to, I'm going to try and get through the rest of the questions as best as I can. 
Um, in the meantime, Lucas, tell everyone where they can check you out at. Yeah, so my YouTube channel and Facebook page and Twitter account is Catalyzing Faith. So if you go to YouTube slash Catalyzing Faith, I think there's like a C in there somewhere for the content pages. But if you look for Catalyzing Faith, you will find my YouTube channel. I have a number of uh, quick answer response questions. I have some book reviews I've been doing lately of some pretty cool books. So be sure to check those out. Awesome. And Eric, where can they check you out at? You can find me every Sunday on Talk Heathen. Uh, you can also find my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Eric D. Murphy. Uh, I, if, uh, I believe I have a link tree. Um, if we could maybe pop that link tree in there, if anybody wants to support or follow me in, a, in other places. Um, yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm going to be getting back into Twitch streaming. So I'm sure, I'm sure if you Google me, you'll find me. <laughs> Yep, and both their links are in the description. And also, uh, I will be streaming on my Twitch in 30 minutes. I'll be playing Smash Brothers with a, a few other atheists, um, which is going to be pretty exciting. We'll be streaming uh, to Twitch. Uh, uh, all right, to Lucas. A hallmark of science is the novel testable prediction models can make. What novel testable predictions can you logically derive from the premise that an embodied mind exists? Try and be as quick and to the point as you can, Lucas, so we can get to the rest of the questions. So the, the concept of talking about an unembodied mind is not itself a scientific concept. So it's not in the scope of science. That, that was kind of my point there. However, um, novel testable predictions are great, and that's why we know scientific realism is true instead of anti-realism, at least to some modest degree. So I don't know who that is, but I would love to talk more about novel predictions and why they're cool. Awesome. And... Eric, this was a great idea on the Super Chats, man. Thank you. Uh, Lucas, ruling out science, how could we test miracles? And would we be rationally justified in believing them if we cannot test them in any way? Oh, God, what a great way to put that. Beautiful. That's a, that's a great, that, that, so that's a great question. And again, you use it the way, you investigate it the way you invest any sort of claim that you cannot repeat. You'd have to look at the context in which it occurs, look at the witness testimony, look at the claim itself. But the, the point is it's a non-repeatable claim and we have those day in and day out. So you don't rely on repetition, you rely on inference to the best explanation of the data. Did I, an did I not answer the question? No, I, I was just okay. Sure we're done. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. If you have any other last-minute questions, let me know. There was one from V, and I'm trying to find it real quick. And I think that was pretty much the last one we uh, can get to. Oh, Lucas, are you a young Earth uh, creationist? No. Okay. So well, that's, you're. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, is young Earth creationism a, a testable claim? I mean, there are people who would claim it is. I'm not a young earth creationist. Well, that's good. Although, is young earth creationism I, I, a testable claim? I, I, I will say, um, yeah, you could test the age of the earth and the age of the universe, assuming uniformity, the uniformity of nature, which I think we have good reason to assume. <sighs> okay. 
Did you want to respond to that, Eric? No, no, not really. Okay. I mean, I mean, the thing is, is implicit in a lot of these questions are points that I've been trying to make, and really, ultimately, I, I, I don't know. I, I, Lucas, I appreciate you. This has been a lot of fun, but I, it, it's, it's felt like dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge, and so I'm kind of. The, 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 the feeling's a bit mutual on that one, Eric. Uh, I, 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 no, I mean, I think, I think we both came at it from different perspectives, mm -hmm. and I apologize if I didn't answer your questions the way you wanted. Um, but I think you might, we might need to have a follow-up conversation on this to see if we can find some more common ground on how to approach that question of the miracles. Lucas, I, I, I saw your conversation with Ethan before, and I would love to pick your brain for days on, <laughs> on, 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 on modal ontology, on cosmology. Can, on can you pick my mind instead? I only have a finite number of parts to my brain. Yeah, but you have an infinite parts to your spiritual brain. So I'll pick that one. Um, <laughs> all right uh, thank you ahead, to, to my uh top tier patrons cindy plaza kenneth leonard kathy leto jump and shoot oz secular rarity kianti and fava beans philip leach and caitlin beyond all of you are awesome if you like what i do consider becoming a patreon for as low as one dollar a month and all of their links eric and lucas they are in the description of the video they both have their link trees um lucas eric thanks for doing this guys it was thank a lot you. of fun. thanks for having us yeah it was uh uh it was a little like Hard, hard to keep my mouth shut at times, but I was like, nope, I'm the moderator. I'm shutting up. Why does Eric get perms? Ooh. I don't know. I'm Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, good night, well, everybody. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Good night, everyone. Good. Oh, and before I forget, we'll be back Tuesday for The Perspective. And this week, it will be Dave Warnock hosting with Brainbug. It's where we tackle supernatural claims, belief in aliens, conspiracy theories, and all the good stuff. And here is a clip from one time Kenneth and I made a mistake. <laughs> oh, my God, everybody. <laughs> if you... Oh, okay, so check this out. So I cue the intro, me and Kenneth are talking for the past two minutes, talking about Jenna and everything. And then I get this alert <laughs> that says I haven't gone live yet. <laughs> sitting here, frigging talking, not even live. Like, oh my God, how did I do that? Arguably the best two minutes 